Welcome to Well Played Podcast, the show on all things playful and joyous in education. I'm your host, Michael Matera, sixth grade teacher, author, and motivational speaker. Today, we are going to be talking about getting started in gamifying in 2020. Uh, and I am so excited to have back one of my favorite reoccurring sort of co-hosts even almost <laughs> to the show, Carrie Bacham. Uh, Carrie, can you please introduce all the new people, introduce yourself to all the new people that are part of this podcast? Sure. I'm Carrie Bacham. I'm a sixth, seventh and eighth grade special education teacher from the Northwest suburbs of Illinois and an author and, um, a good friend of Michael and a, I don't know, a game of fire for multiple years. So, um, so happy to be here. It's been a while. I I have to just take a quick pause for anybody that's new to the show. It's a quick pause, but we got to do this. Carrie, since the last time you've been on, you have become officially an author. And I just want you to like give a quick shout out to your book, your work, uh, for everyone on this, this show. Sure. So aside from gamification being an a deep passion of mine. I also have an incredible passion for visual um, visual thinking and doodling to learn. And so um, this year in September, I released my book, uh, My Pencil Made Me Do It, A Guide to Sketchnoting through Edgy Gladiators Publishing. And it's just been, uh, it's just super exciting. Woo! It, it was fun. I got to be in the sort of background uh, as Kira's friend hearing about the process. And she definitely poured her heart and soul and really thought this book through. It is a great read. Please, everybody, check it out, and and you can pick it up, you know, everywhere online like uh, mm -hmm. Amazon, Barnes and Noble. So check out those kind of outlets and pick it up. Um, and if you happen to be at a conference that Carrie's presenting, bring your copy. I know she would That's love right. to, to doodle inside your book. I would. All right, so back to it. Today's show, like I said, we kind of thought that it's 2020, it's a new year, New Year's resolutions, these all these things, right? Like everything's new, 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 new. And I know many people that check out this podcast uh, that aren't aren't our regular listeners, but the people that are brand new, uh, a lot of them check it out because they they kind of want to add a little sense of gamification, but they just don't know where to get started. And so mm -hmm. we thought this episode could be a really good sort of kick off to that. So we're going to like try to give you some good beginning suggestions, maybe a little confidence uh, to sort of move forward and check this out. And I hope you guys are going to stay along for this this ride. Uh, as always, you could check out other resources too. Uh, Carrie has a uh, wonderful blog that's got things. She's got a wonderful vlog that she vlogs about all sorts of things, not only sketchnoting, but definitely her other passion of gamification. Check that out. Mm -hmm. Uh, I also have a YouTube channel where you could comment. Uh, if you want to comment on this video, check it out. This is going to be episode 144, so you could find that on the YouTube and post a comment. But there's all sorts of other resources on there. Uh, so definitely go check things out. Uh, I should probably suggest that I also have a book about gamification. You could check that just, out as well. Just something. <laughs> just something. All right. So there's plenty of resources. So. You, you can't, I guess what Carrie and I want to come right out of the gate saying is you can't say you can't do it because you, you just don't know how to get started. There are more than enough resources, communities, people that are willing to help you. Uh, so that can't be the reason you're not getting started. So Carrie, uh, let's, let's talk like if, if there was this listener that's seated at this table, if we had three people on this podcast and they were about to begin, they were like, Hey, I got a unit coming up maybe in mm -hmm. February that I want to 
I want to gamify that unit. I want to just dip my toe in. I don't want to gamify the whole year in the class and all this other mm-hmm. stuff. I want to dip my toe in. What's what's kind of one of your go-to suggestions for a unit design? Wow, that's a that's a good question. And it, my I was just thinking about how my perspective on gamification has changed even in the last year because just things have changed in my classroom and with my game design. Um, I just think there's just there's just a couple different ways that you could go about it. I think the first thing I always like to do is like is pick a goal. Like what is your goal that you want gamification to to amplify in this unit? Do you want it to amplify student skills or the the um, the content that they're learning and acquiring? Or is there a certain skill set that you want to amplify? And then once you've set that goal, then what elements or mechanics of gamification can you use to um, to pull out from students? And you could use just simple XP if you wanted to, or um, items are great. Or I also like, and you've suggested this too, and it took me a long time to even come to see the real value in it is just like rewording or renaming or retheming simple things in your classroom. You could do just those, any of those three things, I think to any unit could really, you could really see a nice um, change in what your classroom looks like and what the unit will bring for students and how they interact with it. Yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and just kind of break down a little bit of what you said. I I can add some, but what I really want to just like, Breakdown. So one of the things Carrie sort of talked about is you could simply add XP. For those of you that don't know, if you're brand new to gamification, XP is experience points, and it's a video right. game sort of term. It's it's the points you collect in the game to sort of see where you are in the game, and they're not like grade points. And I think Carrie and I both see eye to eye on this that we shouldn't necessarily connect them to grade points. There are people that do. It's not like wrong, wrong if you do, but. Uh, the video game experience really has taught me that these points are given out kind of fast and loose, a little easier. It's not like a school assignment where you sort of slave away and earn, you know, like 93% or 93 points out of 100 points on something. Mm-hmm. These are kind of like if you think about classic Mario, there's literally a point that's just ticking up, not even collecting coins, just like being alive is constantly scoring you points right. in that game. And then if you do something like break a block or collect a coin, you get even more points. So it's like these points are sort of a little quicker. They tick up, which makes it a little more exciting because you're like, wow, I scored 12,000 points in that level. That's a lot mm-hmm. cooler than in that whole unit I scored a 93%. So agreed. something you could add is these more playful experience points that you could think of creative ways to give out because you're freed up from that grade point would be a suggestion this this podcast definitely makes often. Um, and then the other thing Carrie said, which I absolutely love and fully, fully, love. fully, fully endorse, and I know it's going to sound so crazy that this is going to make a difference, but literally sitting down and just theming out certain things in your class. So I am sure Carrie and I can give you several examples of that. Uh, for me, when... We're about to start my Greek unit, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's mm-hmm. coming up in January. Uh, and in, in my Greek unit, I, I theme it that we're in ancient Greece and we're these five city-states, right? So instead of my groups being like, you're group one and you're group two and you're group three. No, 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 no. Like that's Athens, that's Sparta, that's Corinthians, right? Right? So there's theme. And all of a sudden, just being in a class group, being at a table group, I tell you, takes on a brand new meaning when you 
let them embody something and become something. It, 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 it truly does change the nature of the group. And then kind of another example I'll give is uh, <clears throat> when we talk about using some online tools, kids had to take like some quizzes. They're going to take some quizzes. Instead of calling them quizzes, uh, I call them dokimis. That's the Greek word for challenge. And um, nice. what I retheme the sort of online portal that we use to host these quizzes, I call that the gymnasium because like these Olympians had to go to the gymnasium and work out and do these challenges to get ready, to get prepared. Mm -hmm. And I tell you, again, it sounds so like ridiculous mm -hmm. that like me changing quiz to Dokimi and group to Athens that it's going to see any notice, noticeable gain. But I got to tell you, it does. And, uh, you know, if, if gamification has taught me one thing, it has really taught me about the power and importance of language. Like, language can literally will things into existence if you continue to use it. It does. It gives you, yeah, it gives you as a teacher just, I found... Um, creatively it just gives you an incredible outlet to just have fun and be playful with your teaching um especially for like i mean you and i have been teaching for over 15 years so like and some of it's the same content right so gamification just these simple little elements to add and change the wording to offers just a an unending opportunity to be creative and playful and add some just just change it up in our classrooms which is just the thing i love most about it yeah and when you so Carrie and I haven't really like pushed you this far, but this imaginary person that is on this podcast right now, uh, they, uh, without knowing their subject, right, it's hard to sort of get into this, but I will say pushing this idea of renaming things, mm -hmm. a, a greater context that you can build your year-long game, but in this imaginary person's <laughs> situation unit uh you could also create a theme for that unit right and if the theme doesn't have to match in my greece one it matches we're in ancient mm -hmm. greece we're studying about ancient greece right uh but for example it doesn't perfectly match my whole unit isn't studying the olympics but my whole theme of my game is around the olympics for that unit so you know if we have an english teacher out there and they read i don't know the lightning thief. <laughs> like, it doesn't have to be all Greek mythology. It can. You can be inspired by that book and embed all of that and mm -hmm. that, that journey in there. Or it can be completely separate. You guys could be like flying through space on a spaceship, you know, trying to collect certain things. And this is where that renaming comes into play. Like, maybe your quizzes become your expeditions down to planets and like mm -hmm. if they do well on quizzes they can you know discover things on those planets right all of a sudden that's how we unlock things as they're reading the book they're not taking notes or the captain's log you know as they're keeping track of their journey through different journeys that they're taking or adventures exactly maybe each of the books are planets like see how like yeah easy these... oh my gosh that would be so much fun Right, like maybe there's just these easy, subtle shifts. And if you picture that theme of like Star Trek or whatever, which was mm -hmm. like a peaceful, exploratory ship, and you're exploring these planets that are the books, right? Yep. And each of the books, just like the, the TV shows and the movies, each of these planets bring a new race, a new, 
a new take, a new culture that these people have to sort of interact with when you're trying to teach new themes like poetry and, you know, like, you know, business style writing versus like, you know, uh, creative writing styles, all these various like things that you could all of a sudden weave into this sort of Star Trek sort of theme uh, of exploration and planets. But what we're really talking about at the core of this is just a shift in thinking. And the moment you shift that language and thinking, like you are still reading books, you are still giving quizzes, you're still having them annotate, you're still having them write little like papers or speeches or poems or whatever. So mm-hmm. almost everything stays the same, like do, 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 do. But it is the craziest thing when you make that shift. I mean, I know Carrie's going to agree with this. Like you, you free your design choices up. It's crazy because all of a sudden when you're thinking like Star Trek and, or whatever or your game or my game, there's like a million different ways you can structure it because you're not tied to sort of curriculum. You're not tied towards, I don't know, the, the sort of what we've convinced ourselves is the normal flow of a unit mm-hmm. or the normal flow. Uh, you, you can truly do anything, um, especially if your XP is separated from right. your, your, your assignments and stuff or like your grade book because... I mean, I can't tell you, like, my students have done so many amazing, that I call them side quests, mm-hmm. that they didn't have to do. Right. And they, and they go try them. Or you do, like, a challenging class. I did a review for the last unit coming up for the test, in which it was a really hard review. They were, <clears throat> it was cool, I've never done this before. They were at their tables. So, it was, I teach sixth grade, right, for anybody that's new to the show, and we were just trying to prep kids to learn various things. And in history, you have some gray area concepts that are like hard. They're going to have to like sort of like in an essay sort of synthesize and bring together. So we have that higher order. But in sixth grade social studies, you do have some of the lower ordered thinking skills where it is like I need you to memorize some people and I need you to like spit that on a test or whatever. So is this combination of I have to get to higher order and I got to like practice this lower order. And mm-hmm. so what I did was I had the 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 guilds, which were my groups, all be building something out of Legos and Copla blocks. So each round, I would say like this round, I need you to build, you know, two vocab terms. So the group is working together building two vocab terms. All the while, I'm in the center, and I constantly. At, like asking question after question and they have to keep sending different people to the center. And this is where I'm getting like rote memorization questions that they're scoring points for. And then eventually I pause and I score group score, like kind of fun. It's creative. It's like less like militant, right? It's just like, ah, this was like really cool concept that you did for those vocab terms, building those. So then on the board, I would score like how well they scored on those things. While mm-hmm. there's also this other score going on for mm-hmm. just sort of question, answer, question, answer, question, answer. Uh, everyone had a, a board to write on, a little dry erase board, because I didn't want it to. Sometimes I use buzzers, and I like that, but it also definitely like penalizes the still bright, but just slower processors, slower thinkers. Like, mm-hmm. So I let everyone have a board. They could all write their answers down, and everyone that was asked asking or answering the questions with me in the center could score the points. Um, 
and it was just a fun, but it was fast paced. Like they answer and then like I give them a little time, I, they reveal and then it's like, okay, I document the points and then I like next. And like, I didn't necessarily wait. Like if another group was dilly dallying, getting somebody down to the table, like I mm-hmm. asked the next question and like, I guess your group just can't answer it. Right. So, uh, but it produced like a fast pace. It was a fun review. Um, it, it hit all of the curricular things that I would have hit in, in a previous version, but I think in a previous version, I would have just sort of used the normal. Like I, I would have done a Kahoot. I would have done uh, a Jeopardy. Right. Uh, and this just produced kind of a fun, different structure, but I was able to do that fun, different structure. It wasn't hard for my students to make that jump. Right. Because of the system that they've already used. Right. Right. No, I agree. I feel like the one of my favorite things about gamification is, is it lets us um, remove ourselves from the restraints that curriculum or expectations that our building or our district put on us, and allows us to meet really meet students where they're at because we have this creative freedom to create opportunities in the game that can offset areas of weakness or areas that we feel that we need to build, while still managing the curriculum. It layers over so nicely. It really lets us go after all students' needs in a really unique way because we're able to you know, layer it over what we're doing, not changing what we're doing, but just adding to it, amplifying it by having this creative um, permission to use the game and its terminology and its words to bring out things that we need in our students. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So for those of you out there, like Carrie's saying, like I'm saying, like this is worth the investment. I think this was this portion of the podcast here is trying to inspire you to take this leap, to do this. Um, Carrie, you also said like at the way beginning that, you know, wow, this might have been pre-show. Sorry, people. <laughs> pre-show. I, you know, spoiler alert, we chat before these shows go live. We don't necessarily plan out what we're going to talk about, but we were just chit-chatting and catch up. Get to catch up. And Carrie, you shared, I don't want to say a frustration, but like so many people tell people like Carrie and I that like, I'd like to, but I just can't. I don't know how. I can't get started. Ba da da ba da ba. And Carrie, like, well, I'll let you speak for yourself. Like, what was the advice you sort of wanted to say or give? I feel like it's like anything in life, right? But for gamification, I mean, Michael and I are—I wouldn't say exceptionally, yes, exceptionally passionate about it. Like the power that it has in classrooms. I just don't understand sometimes what people are waiting for. Just pick one thing. Just pick XP. Pick theming something. Pick adding items, pick a unit, pick a week, you know, um, and just think about it in a different way and, and then just sit back and watch what it does. Cause it's absolutely incredible. I just, I still, it still baffles me why people don't try because it's just, it's just so incredible. Yeah. I so can't I'm, think of teaching it any w- the way I used to ever again. Yeah. I'm definitely there with you. I need to continue to infuse this style for sure. Uh, so, I mean, I get started. Mm -hmm. I mean, for those of you out there, truly get started and it can, as Carrie said, it can be so simple. Don't overcomplicate it. Don't worry about a thousand things. Uh, Carrie and I will hold your hand in terms of you don't need to have the end. So when we say design like a game, like we're not talking about an actual like boxed produced game, which has like all the rules in place. And like, you know, by this round we score this and by that round we score that. And at the end of the game, whoever has the most points wins. 
we're talking about game like features so truly mm-hmm. like they could be collecting xp and it doesn't matter like it doesn't matter or whatever maybe even at the end of the game you don't even like necessarily don a winner it's just like it's for the playful experience throughout if you want to design one fine if you want to say that there is this end point and there's this fine you can do that but don't let that be the hurdle that stops you from doing this like i don't understand where it's going or how it's going like i can't tell you the number of things i've put in place and they've gone nowhere like i'm i'm just trying something i'm trying a new piece and like i know carrie has done the same like i you're constantly trying new things i mean i've tried buildings i've tried maps i've tried like different things for my items i mean i've redone my items almost every year because i've added a new little element and that meant i had to kind of go back and change Mm -hmm. my old ones um but it's been a labor of love because i've wanted to take it to that level but for you that is just out there beginning right now don't worry about items and badges and xp and maps and buildings and all these things that i might say do what's right for you but like ultimately get started because this this is the this is a road that I think most teachers should walk down at least some way like this is a very useful and powerful pedagogy and I'm not going to sit here and say it's the only tool or the only thing you need to use by any means but it should be a tool in your in your basket absolutely 100% it should all right so like we told them they can start small. We told them about retheming. XP, uh-huh. I think, is a great mechanic. So there are all these game mechanics. If you happen to pick up Explore Like a Pirate, I detail mm-hmm. like over 30 different mechanics that you could apply. And it's not that you need to be like, I do not use all 30. <laughs> like, right. It's just this like smorgasbord of like build your own like robot. And you're just going to say, I'm going to take this mechanic, this piece, and this gear. And like, ooh, these three working together is going to make something sweet and after that's running and you love it and you're like ah let's add another like now you have the book to go back to and look at it like an encyclopedia like yeah yeah let's add this other one right Right? so you know start small build it out uh one that we didn't talk about directly but indirectly that i think is important i'd start because it's just gonna instantly increase engagement I'd, I'd add some layer of team and team could mean, uh, it could mean class competition, could be like direct competition where like this group and the other groups are fighting against each other for so many points. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you don't like that level of competition in your classroom, you could do what I did. Mine is collaboratively competitive and that is my, my period. The whole period is actually a team so that in the same classroom face to face they should be working together they should be helping right. each other and it's just that this period needs to score more points game points not grade points than the next period or the next period so there there's a high level of collaboration with a teacher of like look at the leaderboard oh class two which would have a name to it mm-hmm. you know is in the lead so we need to like work together to sort of do better Um, And if you like zero sort of competition and only collaboration, a lot of new board games coming out in the last five years are fully collaborative board games in which that it's like the board game's the bad guy and all four or five of us players are trying to defeat the bad guy. So if you, I definitely recommend looking at that. If you teach a younger grade level, for example, like you can still totally gamify in a first grade class, but it's just like, 
you play the villain. Like, oh, like mm-hmm. the PowerPoint comes up and there's the villain. The villain has showed up again and we need all, oh, we got to do these math facts to beat off this villain. Right. Like, right. and now it's the whole class collaborating against the bad villain. But like mm-hmm. at kind of all levels, grade levels, as well as comfortable level in terms of co- cooperation and collaboration versus competition, gamification can fit right in all of those. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yes. It's so true. Uh, so we really hope that you get started, right, Carrie? Like we want we want these people to be gamifiers. Absolutely. And if they listen to this show and they and they have more questions, I'm both of us have had people frequently reach out to us, and um, we're always happy to help and answer questions about anything. Um, sometimes it can feel like you're alone, but there's also there's lots of communities out there. There's the XP Lab chat that does some great um, does a great Twitter chat out there. And there's all kinds of people out there willing to help too, who have just, who are new on the journey too, or are um, just getting started and they're willing to connect and answer questions and help out there too. Yeah. I mean, like the resources are out there. The people are out there. The ideas are out there. Uh, I think what Carrie and I are trying to hope here is that you get out there and that you start trying these things and, Mm -hmm. I think that's a perfect segue to today's uh, reflection time. So for those of you new joining us here in 2020 and have never been part of the show, uh, at the end of the show, I do a little reflection time where I ask (laughs) my guest a quote and have them sort of reflect over that quote in relation to sort of what we've talked about today. Uh, And... Carrie has no idea what this quote is. This is he didn't just... tell me before like he usually does, and then he's going to make me answer first. Some I always leave it up to the guests, but I Carrie being on here so often, I think I forgot to ask her. But I leave it up to the guests whether they know or not. <laughs> and Carrie, here's your total surprise here. This quote comes from Walt Disney. The way to get started is to quit talking and begin doing. Wow. That's a deep one, isn't it? I like it. I, I like do it. too. I do too. I think I think that, you know, gamification is just like anything. It's like starting a new workout or or, you know, deciding to read read more or do anything. It's just you have to you have to take that first step. You have to pick one thing and you have to you just have to get started whether you're scared or whether you are nervous about not knowing the end and what where it's going to be, you just have to start. I think it's just like anything. And I and Michael and I are here you know, uh, talking about gamification because we really believe in it th- that deeply. Like I was thinking about all the things I've tried in my 20 years of education and I've tried a lot of things have come through and gamification is one of those things that I feel like is a timeless element that you can add to any classroom that has had more, Im- that can have more impact than most things that you'll ever use in your career. And all you have to do is pick one thing and get started. Yeah. I mean, echo, echo, same, same. It is. We're, uh, <laughs> We're super passionate about this. That's why we're here talking about it. That's why we do these sort of shows and these vlogs and these blogs, right? Like, because we want to tell the world that this is powerful and it's important, right? I mean, not to play off Mr. Rogers' sort of quote that like play is important work for it is. for learning, and like we need to we as adults sometimes forget that we get wrapped up in all of the like educational jargon and the professionalism of our profession that we lose sight of the fact that we do teach kids and like Mm -hmm. play is powerful. And I just love Walt Disney's quote here. 
uh, as somebody who r really myself loves and have learned the power of intentionality. I mean, talk is cheap. <laughs> like, it is about doing. It is about putting that foot forward and taking that first step. And so I challenge all of you, begin to gamify. Take these lessons. If I was to sum up today's podcast for you guys, get out a sheet of paper. At the top, jot down three or four themes for that next unit. Mm -hmm. Circle one of them. And then go down a little farther after you've circled that one. Now think of four or five things that happen in that unit or in your class, like quizzes, papers, whatever those reoccurring things are. And then try to retheme those towards the theme that you'd picked up top. You know, now you've rethemed all those. And then, uh, especially if you're an English teacher, because that was our example or my, one of my examples, uh, think of the hero's journey. There's got to be a little bit of a conflict, something that's happening. Like, why do they need to have this? So think of a, a conflict, something happened. The king's dead, the, you know, the planet's dying, like there's a revolution, whatever. Like mm -hmm. um, your plane crashed and you're all out in the wilderness. Who knows? Like whatever. Have mm -hmm. that sort of conflict. Uh, if you can think of a team structure, so be it. And then away you go. Like you, you are ready. <laughs> are I think you're ready to start gamifying. Even if kids ask you questions like, "Well, what are these points for? Or when do we like level up or whatever?" You might not know those answers, mm -hmm. and that's okay. And then actually invite them into the process. Say you're trying something new, and all you got so far is this rough sketch. But we're gonna do it. We're gonna move forward. And start moving forward because I tell you, when you have to design the plane while you're flying it, you get stuff done. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's okay to look at them and smile and say, you'll see, even if you don't know what you'll see is. But that little response to them, and you know, brings this rich curiosity and like anticipation into your classroom, which is also really fun. Agreed. And I guess lastly on that point too, you know, I'm I'm going to say... If if you've taken if you've taken our advice, if you've done that little paper exercise we just talked about, I challenge you also to sort of commit to doing something game related at least once a week. And if you ask me, cherry on the top, I wouldn't make it regularly scheduled. I wouldn't say that like Friday's game day. Like that sends the wrong message. The, the like again, this isn't you're not rewarding them with playtime. You are designing like an experience for them to be engaged and inspired through your curriculum. So this, <clears throat> in some respects, is constantly running in the background. But no, you don't constantly add points or constantly like give them game challenges. But like it should constantly be running in the background. So you should be referring to their groups by the names you've given them. Starship, you know, Enterprise, Starship, whatever. Like, mm -hmm. And... Uh, so it should be constantly running, but dedicate yourself to sort of like infusing one game thing, you know, whether that's an assignment that you've chosen to weave into your Star Trek theme per week, you know, mm -hmm. so that they really see the game and try yourself to use that language. <coughs> Agreed. So thank you very much, Carrie, for being on the first 2020 podcast of Well Played. Woohoo! 
It is always a pleasure having you back on. I love chatting with you. Everyone else who is a reoccurring sort of listener, thank you so much for being part of this community as well as the others. Always love hearing from you. Again, you can post a comment on my YouTube channel. This is episode 144. Love to hear from you guys. And everybody else that's new, welcome. That's all we got for you today. I hope you have a good day. Enjoy and play on.